and why I'm not doing this or how I'm going to do that. And we're going to simplify that tonight. Uh, I preached this sermon in view of a call at the first and only other church that I was a pastor in. Uh, I preached this verse anyway, not the sermon I'm about to preach. I, don't, I didn't pull up the sermon at all. But, but this verse, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13... On Wednesday nights lately, I have simply had a theme of just wanting to to speak and to teach and to preach encouraging things. I've just had encouraging things on my mind. And this was not one of the messages, but this is simply what we have tonight. I've not only looked to want to speak encouragingly to God's people, but simply... I don't know why, but I thought when I first started preaching, I just needed to go as deep as possible. And I thought I had really done my job when I preached, when I studied all week long and then just shot a sermon over everybody's head and nobody understood it. And I, boy, I was really working hard, I thought, and that was right on. But I just I would just like to be as simple as possible tonight. And I want to talk about the Christian on fire. Philippians 2.13 says, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. If you're anything like me, when you get around a fire, you can't leave it alone. You want to stoke that fire and you want to poke that fire and you want to make it blaze brighter and you want to play with it and you want to have fun with it. You know, you take that poker and you, you put it in the fire, and, and, and when you pull it out, what have you done? You, you've put that poker in the fire. But if you take that poker and you put it in the fire, and you leave that poker in the fire, the fire is going to get in the poker. You don't believe so? Pull that thing out and touch yourself with it. That thing is going to be red hot. It is not going to be red hot because it determined to be red hot. It's not going to be red hot because the poker said, I'm going to be red hot. It became red hot because of the environment that it was in. It was in a red hot fire, so it became red hot. It wasn't because of the power of the poker but because of the relationship of the poker to the fire. And God has a design. God has a plan for his people to be red hot on fire for him. And we beat ourselves up and we get frustrated and we get depressed and we get down when we're not red hot, when we can't find fire as a Christian. Sometimes the fire goes out and, and we just get frustrated and we think ourselves into all of these different things as if we're swinging a golf club. And we just throw up our hands and wonder what's the mystery to all of this. Being red hot on fire for the Lord, it doesn't come through effort. It's not something that we have to look 
to ourselves for. We do not have to lay that upon us when we are not red hot on fire. It comes through a relationship with Christ. It's going to come by the environment that we are in now that we're saved. We go off looking for it in different places when it really resides within you and I to be able to be a Christian on fire for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. I don't know how many times I might say that verse tonight, but may we go home with that verse on our hearts and in our minds tonight because a Christian being on fire, look, this starts by dwelling, by the fact that God dwells in us, for it is God which worketh in you. The Bible says that word in I in it is a very short word, but it has an extremely long meaning. It's not saying that God is working among us. God is working among us. But what we have here is the fact that God works in us. And that speaks of a fixed position. It speaks of of a relationship of rest, a relation of rest you'll even find in the definition of that word in, in the original Greek language. In relationship with God, God influences us by His Spirit to do the things that please Him. It is God that is working in you and I. When the Lord saves us, He becomes active in our lives. And He is working in and through our lives. God is bringing about an effect from heaven in you and I so that we might become a red-hot Christian on fire. God is looking to show forth His power in our lives. It's his power. It's not ours. And it's something that he wants to do for us. For God to be working in us. Do you understand what this is saying here? It's something we all have to comprehend. That it is God that is doing the work. For it is God that worketh in you. He does what he does in our lives as a Christian in us, and he's doing it through us. When we understand this, it's going to do a whole lot for us. It's going to help us out with that complicated golf swing that we're trying to make it out to be. And a couple of things it's going to do when we realize that it is God that is working in us, it's going to cancel out pride. You know, pride is the pulse of all religions. When you witness to people today and they're of any other religion, it's coming across from a different angle to them when you tell them that it's not about them. It's about what Christ has done in them. But you know that people are trying to do what they do for God, to be able to obtain God. But for the Christian... When the Christian is doing the things of God, when the Christian is red hot on fire and we understand why, we say thank you God for what you're doing in and through me. There's a difference here and it cancels out pride when we understand that it's God working in us. I love nothing more than to see a baby Christian just on fire 
for the Lord. They, they are so on fire, they, they can't think about some petty things going on that would just disturb their lives. But something that will always try to mess it up is pride. For, for us to get confused in thinking, well, look what I'm doing. Wow, look, God's really patting me on the back for what my life is now. But we grow to understand that all the patting on the back belongs to God. We understand that God gets all the credit and God gets all the glory for anything good and any change that has come from our life. It would be very wise for us to purposefully give God the credit all the time. Give God glory. Give Him the well, glory be to God. Somebody, somebody commends you on something you do. And what do you say? Well, glory to God. That's giving God the credit for what he is doing in and through you. So when we understand that it's God dwelling in us that's doing and he's doing what he's doing in us, it cancels out pride. But that's not all that it does. It creates positivity. We're positively motivated when we realize that it is God who works in the child of God. And it doesn't matter what size you are. It doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter what job you have. It doesn't matter if you're prone to be a negative person or prone to be a positive person, what your issues are like or personalities like, what your background in life is like, whether you come from a prominent family, whether you come from a poor family, it does not matter because it's not about the person. It's about God saving the person and working in the person. And God will use and wants to use every single one of his children in different ways. It doesn't matter what talent you seem to have. It doesn't matter if you sing as horrible as me and you think I can't do anything. Hey, th there's something that God's going to do in and through you. He's, he's the one who gives you and I the talent to do what we do to serve him. We can be positive in the fact that God is going to use us in some capacity. Praise God that we're all different in a unique individual way. We are fearfully and wonderfully made by Him. And He has given us whatever we have to be able to serve Him. No child of God is left out from the service of God. Because it is God that works through every one of His children. And He's not guilty of child neglect. He does not neglect any of his children. He has the same passion and the same love for all of us. And every job that is done for the Lord is just as important as another. There are no big eyes and little U's in Christianity. It creates positivity to know that it is God working in us. He is dwelling in us. But when we think about the Christian on fire, we can also think about desire. And that's the next thing we see in the verse. It says, for it is God which worketh in you to will. That word will has to do with desire. I'm not going to stand up here all evening and tell you about the desires I had for the first 30 years of my life before I was saved. I'm going to tell you right now that not one of them pleased God. Not one of them were for God's glory. It was impossible for me to have a desire to do what God wanted me to do. You know, there, there are these desires, these fleshly desires and earthly desires that we all have. 
That's what we have in and of ourselves. But the fact that we're here tonight and we're truly worshiping the Lord, the fact that we do things to serve the Lord, the fact that we're do thing, we do things that are motivated by heaven, they're things that are not important to this world, but they're important to heaven. Look, that came from God. That is a desire that you and I do not have in and of ourselves. It is a desire that God gives you and I, our own endeavors need to be swallowed up by God's will. Anyone who has a true desire for the things of God, look, God put it there. It's God's achievement in our lives. It was God's plan for our lives. We can't change ourselves to have a desire for God, but he can change us. He is the one who does the changing. The Holy Spirit is the change agent in you and I to really have a desire to do the things of God. Maybe someone's starting to think, well, you should have just called this the autopilot Christian life. Kenneth, because you have left out anything that I can do. And I don't really, 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 brother Kenneth, do I not have to do anything in this at all? Is there no part with me? There is a part with you and I. It's just not as big as we typically might think it is. But God wants us to be willing and God wants us to be available. I don't mean willing as in desire. We just shared that that comes from God. But to simply yield ourselves to God. He saves us. We learn tonight that he is working in us and through us. He wants to use us. For His glory, His Holy Spirit lives within us. He bears witness with us. And we understand by His word He wants to use us. So therefore, as the child of God, we yield to Him. What a privilege to be able to yield to the Lord. Before we were saved, we couldn't yield to our Lord. We couldn't do that. But we can yield to Him. And, and have His will in our lives completely coming forth in us rather than cramming God in the cracks of our own will. We might find that difficulty in our lives sometimes that we are just cramming God in the cracks of what we're doing. And it's simply a yieldedness. It's not something above and beyond you need to shoot for in your own ability. It's simply yielding yourselves to God to be willing to do his will. It's a simple willingness that we have to have. That's all that he's asking for. It's kind of like when you were lost and you heard the gospel and you were being drawn to the Lord. You could not turn from your own sins to trust him. But what were, what were you? You were willing. You were willing to turn from your sins and to trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's not something you could turn from yourself, but you were willing to do so. And now that we have been saved, we're willing for him to work in our lives. That's simply what he's looking for, for us to be willing to be used by God, for us to be available to God for him to use. Willingness and availability. How many times 
have we said, I don't have time to do that. It might be something very important. It might be something in God's will. And look, maybe it's the truth sometimes if we're doing something else in God's will and that's not what we're meant to do. But a lot of times we might say, I don't have time for this. When we really do, when we prioritize our lives by the conviction of the Lord and we give him our time. When we prioritize our lives where God comes first, we're going to be able to be available for him. I've said it once, I've said it a million times, our greatest ability is availability. The Lord is looking for you and I to be available to him, to be used by him. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. So when we're talking about weight, we're not talking about a sin. There's a sin that entangles our feet, the sin that besets us. But the weight can be something sinless. It can be something that's okay and, and fun to do. As long as it has its place. And as long as it has its place in priority in our lives. And it doesn't consume our schedule and take us over and crowd out the most important thing in life. You see, God does not want us to come to Him with a full resume of all of our attributes, of all of our qualities, of everything that we feel like we're qualified to do for Him. God wants us to simply come to Him empty. He wants us to be available to Him. He wants to pour Himself in an empty vessel to use. He doesn't need a filled vessel. He doesn't need someone that's busy. Someone once said busy means B-U-S-Y bound under Satan's yoke. He doesn't need someone busy and someone full. He needs someone that will simply be available to him. That's going to mean a pretty simple life. It's a, the saints that I looked up, look up to the most, saints that I see that, that I am so inspired by, and, I, and it, if anybody has it together, those that I see that I, I think has it all together, they live a simple life. They have a simple, empty life, and they're always available for what the Lord wants to do with them, in them, and through them. This fire has to do with our part being simply willing and being available. This fire not only has to do with dwelling, and it not only has to do with desire, but this red-hot fire that the Christian can have, it also has to do with delivery, and it's on God's part. God's going to claim that too, because he says, For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do. For it is God which worketh in you to do. Okay? So Christ is dwelling in us. Christ is giving a desire for his will and carrying out the doing of his will as well. Paul and Barnabas reported back to the church at Jerusalem all things that God had done with them. 
everything that had taken place on their missionary journey in the work of God, they came back and reported all things that God had done with them. And they got it right. We should purposefully, like I said, give that credit to God because he is the one doing it in and through us. It's all God. God in you to be a child of God means that Christ dwells in you and he's alive in you and he's working in you and he overcomes that flesh in you and I and he overcomes our own desires that his desire may take place in our lives and he is going to work through us. He is going to put into practice all things he would have us to achieve. He has the will And he is the way for this to happen. He has the power to execute his will. It's so important that we learn these things of God and the desire that we have and where it comes from and how we're actually going to accomplish living the Christian life. We ought to study his will so that we can know what his will is. Someone says, I I really want to know what God's will is for my life. Well, you read the word of God and you will know that it's his will that's going to be done and what he's going to do in your life. We need to be educated about his will. That's something we can do. Be educated about this will of God. Colossians 1.9 says, being filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. We can learn about this will of God that he's carrying out in our lives. God carries out our reason for being here. We have a purpose to be here and God is the one who's going to empower it. It comes from him and we learn it from his word. The execution of his will comes from him we need to be educated about his will and that will establish us we need to be established in his will as Paul says in Colossians 4 12 he says that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God That you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. That sounds impossible to you and I. It sounds impossible except for the fact of what we're seeing here tonight. That this impossible will is something that he's empowering and he does through our lives. It's possible because of what God does. Everybody praises the life of the Apostle Paul. Well, it was God that it was his will to do of his good pleasure in Paul's life. He was working in, through, and with Paul. And that's what he does with you and I. The Christian can be on fire. The Christian life actually lived is a miracle. I say I wanted to simplify this and and not make it out to be so difficult for us, but I'm really going to the other extreme there to say that, aren't I? The Christian life lived 
is a miracle, but you understand the miracle worker is the one who has planned it, the one who empowers it. It's all God. It is possible for you and I to live out this miracle life because of God, because of what he has done. It's possible for the things in our lives to be governed and guided from heaven. It's possible for you and I to have heavenly desire while we are on this sin-cursed earth because it comes from him. Living on God's path is possible. We can be sure of this. We can be sure of this promise. He is our stable source for this happening. Well, God's not just dwelling in us and giving us desire and bringing about the delivery. But now there's a little something about delight that we see in this verse. For it is God which worketh in you. Both to will and to do of his good pleasure. The Christian life on fire has to do with delight. But it's not about our delight. It's about what delights God. It's about his pleasure. That word pleasure, it means determination. It means several things. What God has determined for our lives. But in it has to do with delight. For God to be able to be delighted is for you and I to be a willing, available vessel for him to work through. It's a delight to do God's will. But this is about God's delight. This is about Him being pleased. What all He has done to empower us and live in us and live through us. It's about God being pleased. When His purpose comes forth in our lives. It's more important for God to be delighted than you and I. Everyone says, I want to be a Christian on fire. And I don't know what everyone might think by that. But someone might be thinking, man, I'll, I'll be positive, I'll feel good, I'll love life, I'll be jovial. It's more important for God to be delighted than it is for you and I to be delighted. And that's what it's all about. The Christian can be excited and the Christian can be joyful because God is delighted. If we'll be a willing and available vessel, God will pour himself into us, his power in us and through us to do his will. This is what pleases God, not effort. There's effort in the Christian life, and that's a sermon for another day. But this is not about effort. It's about emptiness. It's about coming to God empty to be used by him, knowing it's only Going to be him. Nothing of myself I bring. Simply to the cross I cling. What is that? A, a song verse that just come to my mind? Nothing of myself I bring. But simply to the cross I cling. This is God's desire. And God's plan for us. We are not saved by doing his will. But we are saved for doing his will. And it's something that he will accomplish 
through us. We are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk therein. Do you see how the difficulty and the fretting and the frustration can become more simple for you and I? When we see that God has laid out the pattern and God has given the power for you and I to be a Christian on fire. Quit putting it on yourself. You're just going to burn up like me in the wrong way. By the way, a Christian that is trying to live the Christian life in their own ability, they'll do some things for a while. And they'll be able to continue something for a period of time. But eventually, they're going to burn out if it's in their own ability that they're doing it. It has to be Christ in us and through us. It has to be Him empowering us. Look, we may get tired in the work, but we do not get tired of the work. And we continue on when we are leaning on Him and when we are trusting this verse. We keep on and we keep on when we are yielding to Him and being open to Him and what He wants to do in our lives. It's not by strength, it's by surrender that this Christian life on fire is going to happen. It's not by might, it's by His mercy that it's going to happen. Zechariah 4.6 says it this way, Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. Praise God that the Christian life, being on fire, can happen... It can be continuous and it can be nonstop, not because of ourselves. It's not something we can do, but it's something that he has patterned, that God has planned. And he gives us the power for it to be carried out. But how do I close something like this? To go back to salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. Look, as we have looked at the Christian life being something that is impossible for you and I, but very possible with God. It's a miracle when it happens, and it happens by the miracle worker. Do we understand that salvation, being saved from our sins, it's something that's a miracle? It's a miracle that the sinner can be right with a perfect, holy, sinless God. Surely we would not look in and of ourselves for any good work or any good deed that we might do to obtain this miracle of salvation. It's something that God does. He saves Not by works. It's not by works of righteousness which we have done. But by His mercy He saved us. For by grace ye are saved through faith. That not of yourselves. It is not of works. Lest any man should boast. 
look, this salvation we've been saved by, that's a miracle. It's a miracle from God, and, and Jesus does the saving. The Bible says that the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. I get a little nervous when I'm talking to someone, or nervous isn't the right word, but I, I get a little burdened within when I ask someone about their salvation and they tell me about everything that, that they did. Whenever what we understand from the Bible from beginning to end, it's all one beautiful, perfect puzzle, heavenly puzzle that comes together, and that is to trust, to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved. Colossians chapter 1 and into chapter 2, you could summarize that in a title that it's Jesus plus nothing equals salvation. So this miracle life that we're to be on fire for, we have to be saved for it to happen. But it's something that God's going to do in us. But is there one here tonight who has not been saved by Jesus? Would you want to say everything that you've done and some hoops that you maybe have jumped through by way of, of talking about a walk in religion and yet... And yet you wouldn't go to, well, Jesus saved me, da-da-da. He's the one who does the saving. We choose Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior after we're drawn by God. When was that time you were drawn by God and you trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ? You depended on Him. You saw it was nothing in and of yourselves, but you depended on him to save you. The only one who can produce this miracle. You understand we don't have a job in the miracle of being saved. We can't perform a miracle. We can't be part of this miracle. We can just receive it. I know I've said this to you ten times before. But, but someone here hasn't heard about my mama's Thanksgiving dinner. Where you know you, you're going to go. I invite you to dinner and... You want to bring something. You, you've got to contribute. And I tell you, you don't know my mama. She has everything ready. Well, well, I'll, I'll, I'll bring a pie or something. No, mama's got it ready. Look, if you're going to go to Thanksgiving dinner with me, all you can do is receive it. And, you, and, I, and I, we've had guests come to my mama's Thanksgiving dinner, and all they could do was sit down and receive what had been provided for them. And that is all that anyone can do to be saved, to, be, to receive what Jesus Christ has done for them. When Jesus was on the cross, some of his last words were, it is finished. God, here on this earth, said it is finished for you and for me. By trusting in Jesus Christ. That is the sweet gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. That gospel that Paul said is dynamite. And it saves. How that Christ died for our sins. And was buried and rose again the third day for our sins according to the scriptures. That is your salvation if you're saved. And if you're here tonight. And you have never trusted in Christ to save you. 
He will do that tonight. It doesn't matter if you believe something different for 30 years about salvation. If you will come to the truth of God's salvation in Christ, he will save you this evening. It's a lot more simple than people are thinking. Jesus has done it all. And for you and I to live this Christian life, that's, that's downright encouraging to me that God has empowered it, that God has patterned everything out, that we can be a Christian on fire for him. Let us pray as we have a time of invitation for you to do business with God as he has moved and led you with all heads bowed and all eyes closed. Father in heaven, we do come before you tonight. And Lord, I thank you for the encouragement of your word. I thank you that throughout my Christian life, you have shown me how much encouragement I need. I didn't get far trying to do it on my own, Lord, you know. But you encourage and, and you empower us. And Lord, we just see more and more how we need to hold on to your promises and to study this will of yours and how you work it out in our lives, dear God. May someone's heart and mind be lifted tonight and relieved of the frustration that can sometimes come in this Christian life. It's, it's not as hard as we make it out to be, Lord. You watch us and you see us and you know this. We know your son says that, that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. It's not as frustrating as we sometimes become. That lays on us, not on you, Father. We love you tonight. And we thank you, dear God, for your word. Thank you that you're still mighty to save today as you always have been. And I thank you that though there may be one here tonight who is lost, who is like that sheep that has gone astray, and they do not know your saving grace, Lord, I thank you that they can be saved before they leave here tonight. Because of you, there's that moment in our lives that we trust in you as Lord and Savior. And you save us, Lord. We thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Page 544.